That was unbelievable. This is Sarah. This is Amber, and this is Sascast. We are talking today about the fifth episode of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I told Amber that I actually recorded that clip because I love Whitney Rose more than anybody on any Real Housewives right now. You've loved her from day one. I liked, I think that the first conversation between you and I about that was I thought she was the prettiest one on yeah. Real Housewives of Salt Lake, but. And I disagreed. And you did, but I now it has nothing to do with the way she looks. There's something so sweet and genuine about Whitney that just comes out and she's clever, which is not something that I expected. So just for her to go down that item line item list of things that happened at the ladies who lunch party at Valters was so I just was cracking up laughing when I heard that. Yeah, yeah. She and Heather are my favorite. I think that Heather also seems pretty authentic and together I think they're pretty funny and I was not expecting that of those two. Well, they certainly are the most clever of the Salt Lake Housewives when it comes to thinking of um, interesting things to say. And I don't know if that's because they're more invested in actually what's going on. I can't really figure well, out. related. So it's probably but, a lot to do with being cousins. But Amber, no, I found out. They didn't know they were cousins until after the show. They're like second cousins. Just to clarify in Salt Lake. Everybody's a cousin. Well, yeah. And that's because what also made this episode great, we'll, we'll talk about it, is there was a lot more stuff about Mormonism in the episode, which was really good. But just to clarify, in Salt Lake, when the pioneers got to Salt Lake, there was they called it plural marriage. That's polygamy. So there were multiple wives to each husband. And so when you come down the generations... Yes. There are so many people who are cousins because they there were multiple wives just 100 years ago, 150 years ago. So that's why you can find out, oh, my second cousin so-and-so. That's because that one grandfather, great-grandfather most likely, may have had 50-plus children. Well, is that the reason why, and I'm saying this in, in not in a derogatory sense at all, but is that the reason why you see a high percentage of like children with Down syndrome there? I don't know the answer to that. My sister, my nephew has Down syndrome. Yeah. And my sister and her husband, my sister came, she's adopted, but her biological father's side of the family is of uh, Pioneer LDS members. And her husband, his family is also from Pioneer LDS yeah, members. And so you wonder if because of all that close relationship, um, genetic close relationship. Amber said it in a mean way, and I said it nicely. Well, it is. I mean, I'm being honest. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Again, I'm not trying to be derogatory. It's just the. It's a fact. Well, it's true. I mean, it's true amongst the Jewish population as well. They've got genetic markers and genetic issues that come up because of the intermarrying mm -hmm. yeah. and the same. Yes, I do think that that's probably the case. But we got off. We got off track, didn't we? But this had a lot more Mormonism commentary in it. This episode, which is always, I think, kind of fun to learn about. Well, yeah, because I, from my perspective, what makes this show good and different from the other housewives is it's not just location. I think a lot of the other housewives, they're just, well, I mean, the housewives we love, there's a difference. It's not just location that makes us like that. It, it, there's a difference in the actual cast members. And what was kind of disheartening for me up to this point was that I didn't really feel a connection to the cast members of Salt Lake. And now I'm feeling that connection. I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, I love Whitney Rose and they're really 
good that they figured it out. They're really starting to focus on her because she's got an interesting, it's not even interesting. There's something so genuine about her that people like. I wouldn't be, honestly, I would not be surprised if she didn't get her own show in the end because of that. Uh, And Heather too. I don't, I'm actually, no, I don't, I'm not following the own show necessarily. I do think she is a popular cast member. And I just, I'm going off subject here, but I'm so glad Real Housewives of Atlanta's back. Oh my gosh. I, I love that so show. I'm so glad they're, I love that show. They're my second favorite to Potomac. And oh, then, really? I love Atlanta better than Potomac. Uh, well, I, there's a longer history with me. That's with, true. With Atlanta, but. And the reason I kind of go off subject there is because of what you're saying. You're you're starting to feel the the characters, I guess it's that way, or the people more mm-hmm. on Real House of Salt Lake City. I say Jen Shaw, Heather Gay, and Whitney Rose, and even Mary to that matter. Whether whether you appreciate Mary or kind of cringe with Mary, I do think she's bringing herself to the table. Like I, I think she is that wackadoobie. You actually you make a really good point there, and I don't. I like how we're talking because I'm enjoying talking to you about this. I felt that the show, I told you this last night when I was watching it the second time and I was recording clips because there were so many good ones. We'll play some of them today. I really felt that there was so much depth to this episode because we, first off, you know, with Whitney and just her clever quips about the lunch that we can talk briefly about if we want to. It's just a continuation of last lunch. But then flashing to her brother and her explaining her relationship with her brother and that family. And then a little bit later with her father dropping him off at Sober Living. Yeah, I totally and agree. I thought, and she's such, God, she's such a kind, through it, and and a kind, kind person. And, you know, when you read some of the blogs about people talking Prescription drug addiction is such a huge, horrible problem in this country. And the level of empathy and kindness that she has for her father, I think really resonated with a lot of people. And it resonates with me when I watch her interacting with him. Well, I think, you know, particularly substance use disorder gets such a bad rap because people think, oh, they have choice and it's a choice and the choice and they're not making good choices which I'm sure there's some accuracy in the statement, but it, that, it is truly an addiction pathway. And there's a large percentage of opioid addiction in Utah. And so I do mm-hmm. think it was a, it's an interesting storyline. It's an important storyline. And I do agree with you that her, her, even her discussion with her stepbrother, I think it is, it's just really thoughtful. Like both of them were so thoughtful in that. And whether it was scripted or not, at least you got the essence that they were talking about real stuff. I didn't feel that that was scripted at all. Yeah. And I think that's a huge difference in maybe what I see with Whitney actually. And, and Heather for that matter, I don't feel like that those are set up scenes. I think even the brother, I, I really liked meeting him and, and, you know, unlike some of the other one-off characters that you'll see on the show, the guy at the Prohibition party couple weeks ago, and and he was not acting like a normal person. And her brother was just being her brother. I really didn't feel like he was being, yeah. he was scripted or fake or anything like that. So do you think he set her up to be able to flip him? Or do you think she really can? <laughs> I don't know. I think I, she can because she's on that stripper pole and that's all trunk control and strength. 
Oh, I think she's in great shape. Yeah. I really, I myself thought to myself, oh my gosh, is he a teacher? Because I've always wanted to learn jujitsu. And I thought, he seems so kind. I'd love to go learn jujitsu. Oh my gosh. So when I was a kid, I wanted to do jujitsu and my dad wouldn't let me do it because my brother was doing it. And I was always better at most anything my brother did sports wise. And so he wouldn't let me do jujitsu. And he also said he didn't want to do it because he was afraid that we would really hurt each other. Yeah, I can imagine. So he didn't let us do it. Anyway, side note, pretty much the episode, though, in terms of the fight, the fight that never ends, one about the hospital smell and two about yeah. let me just the play, And let me just play that MFers. clip. MFers. Are you okay if I just play that clip? Because yeah. I think it's an important sort of a summary of what the last freaking four and a half, because it went about almost half that episode. Oh, my gosh. To, it's um, like, let the... This has gone on from day one. Yeah. So here's, so here's Heather Gay, and she's summarizing... What we all think, I think, in my opinion, about this fight between Jen and Mary. Gotta stop between Mary and Jen. Yes, Mary said that Jen smelled like hospital. My aunt just got both legs amputated at the last minute. You said it smells like hospital in here. I did say it. I sure did say it. Jen called Mary a grandpa f***er. You're gonna go with Mary to grandfather? At this point, the score is settled. Forgive let it go and let's move on. I know that you are. Yeah, so. I totally agree. She summarized it so perfectly. Yep. We need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. We need to. Move, although I will say the deep conversation that occurred between Mary. I, that's what I'm talking about. The depth of the show. We can talk about that now, but I, I kind of think that that's how we should. Honestly, I think that's how we should close this up because I wanted to talk about that. Not only do I think Whitney's a real person, Amber, and I got a real sense of her, of who she is, as you know, and Heather to that to a certain extent too. When they were talking about marriage, excuse me, church, and then Lisa Barlow kind of followed up on the marriage thing too. That was really interesting and good. And then at the end, the very end of the show ended with Mary, and it was actually heartbreaking. I thought ending. it was super heartbreaking, and it really gave a glimpse into this grandfather component yeah. of her marriage and how basically she. Yeah, we got to get there. Anyway, where do you want to go? Okay, so what I did want to talk about was just briefly, I'm just gonna, so let's just end the fight at Valter. So it's a continuation. They fin- We don't need to go into a lot of detail, but they finished up the Mary and Jen fight at Valter's. They're still fighting. And as Heather said, they need to knock it off because we're sick of that fight. But what they did queue up, which I, I'm guessing is going to be something on the upcoming episodes, was Jen basically accusing Mary of being a racist. And the comments that started these accusations were that Mary had told Jen off camera in private, if she saw black people standing outside a 7-Eleven or a convenience store, she wouldn't go in because she was afraid to go in. And then Jen basically throwing that out at the end of the fight at Valters, I think just to keep the fight going truthfully. But I do think that's going to be something, an interesting twist on the show that they're queuing up. Yeah, basically she was saying that hospitals remind her of these bad smells and that convenience stores remind her of violence and she can't do either (laughs) one. And that was that. And that was the end of that story. But I have that on on tape. Do you want to play or no? No. Okay. I do want to say though, that I do like the pep talks that Jen gets from coach Shaw, Mm -hmm. because I feel like he has like a really level head. He listens to Jen. He seems like a good listener. I guess that's what I'm going to get at. I'll tell you what, I, I kind of wish that I had Coach Shaw on my phone myself so I could just FaceTime him whenever I need life coaching. I know. he. I think I don't think that he's purposely setting himself up to be a famous life coach, but he should. Well, he's a coach, so he has to have those little anecdotes and come on, people, you know, think positively. 
Well, I thought it was funny when uh, when she was talking to him. That was later in the episode about what happened at the lunch. And she said that she was basically if Mary went after her family again in terms of attacking them, that she would kick their asses. And he was like, no, you wouldn't. She said, no, I would. I would kick their asses. And he's like, basically, no, you wouldn't. Like, we all know that she would, actually. But uh, he was suggesting to the cameras that she wouldn't. Yeah, I know. I think she would, too. She probably wouldn't. You know, after the Valters... They, Vol- they, Walter. Walter. By the way, can I just make a comment about that? Didn't you think he looks so creepy? Oh, his bo- he's got that bob, that weird bob. I know. I mean, bobs are in. Did you know that? Parted down man, the center. Man bob? No, woman bob. Yeah. Well. Women, yeah. I should say gender neutral. Bobs are in. <laughs> centered part. And then the bob is in. But nonetheless, Walter has, is starting to grow one. No, um, his hair's always been that way. I know, but he's starting. He's well. That's right. I guess he is the trendsetter. Walter <laughs> was the trendsetter, but okay. So no, after- wasn't it? Oh, I do think it was funny that both Jen and Mary were fighting over who knew Walter better and Arturo. Well, yeah, it was funny because Mary's like Walter's upset, and then they flash over to Walter's face, and he's just like kind of. He's actually not making a face. He's just sort of you know sullen, yeah, yeah. as he always looked yeah. in general. And then Jen said. Oh, don't act like you're the only one who's friends with Walter. I'm friends with Walter and Arturo. And I'm like, who's Arturo? I guess Arturo was standing next yeah, to Walter. Yeah, I think it was one of the, was, one of the And for whatever reason, you guys, I don't actually think that Mary and Jen are friends with Walter and Arturo. I don't think they give a shit about Mary and Jen. Yeah. All they care about is are they serving their food to the you know people who want to pay. Yeah. They hopped over afterwards. I, I'm going to skip over a little bit. Meredith and Seth, they, they did these ins and outs. Like they would give them a couple minutes at the most of the ongoing separation that's occurring between Seth and Meredith. And they had the fight about the Akron versus Canton. And basically Meredith is not going, which it sounds to me like she's been following that guy along for a while now to different places that he's lived. And she's uprooted the family every few years to go to where the deals are. And I think that I don't blame her to put, put foot down and said, you know what? I'm not leaving park city. I'm not going to Canton or to Akron, Ohio, when I could be in Park City, Utah. So, Amber, I don't care about her. I don't care about her her husband. I don't care about her son, Brooks, who I used to care about in episode one when I thought he was going to be I a think character. he's a little snarky and nasty. He was wearing lip, lipstick or lip gloss this episode, which is fine. I just didn't feel like, I actually don't think that Brooks needs to wear a lipstick or lip gloss. I think he's actually very handsome. But I don't care about any of them. I don't find that their story is compelling. I don't care. One of the things I did notice when I was watching some of the episode, and they showed some pictures of her because she was talking about how she had to move all over the place with Seth due to his job. And I agree with you. I felt bad for her in that in that regard. Well, it's just typical woman following the guide, putting their career yeah. on hold, having children, blah, blah, blah. But they showed pictures of her. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I did. And she doesn't look the same. I was going to say the same thing. I was like, <laughs> what that's she, almost like a different, different person. person. I know. And don't get me wrong. She looked good in the picture. Oh, and yeah. she looks good now. She looks but good she now. doesn't look the but that's same. It. I was. I literally thought to myself, is that the same person that he's been married to the whole I did. Time? I knew it was her, but... I can't tell if it's because she's had so much work done filler and maybe yeah. lip filler. I don't I don't know. She looks obviously she, she looks, looks great. She looks good. But I mean, if that's the extent of Meredith, I don't I, honestly she's a snooze fest. That whole story is a snooze fest. Seth is super annoying. I, I Let's wrap up Seth and Meredith. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm done. Let's just wrap it up. Okay, done. I'm done. done. Okay, OK, so next we went to Heather's house. Okay, but I, I love loved Heather. Heather's house because I love I didn't know that people still did their bacon on fryers like that. Like a, it was I that, love it. 
Was that it was like a plug-in? It was an electric. Fire. Oh, it was. It was a countertop yeah, fire. Yeah, electric fire. That was like circa 1970. That I really appreciated it. I always wanted one of those because you know some of those older stovetops you could have. There would be a section for the fryer. Uh-huh. I always wanted one of those. Oh, I know. Because I know. then you don't have to clean those frying. Well, yeah. except for you're to clean the frying area. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I guess I was not thinking that one through. Yeah. But she was like, "No microwave today, folks." And I'm like, "What's the difference? <laughs> Just stick it in the microwave for the so bacon." I love the commentary about the kids not wanting to go to church. Okay, I've got that. And that's important to play. So yeah, hold on one okay. second. Let me pull that so up. So that was really, so it was three, she has three girls. And then she made a comment how Billy was supporting them for their lifestyle so that they could have access to their mom 24 seven. I thought, oh my God, that guy has just scored. He can pay her to just stay home with those kids. And it's just like perfect for him. Once again, I don't even get me started on the misogyny of that comment. Well, okay, let me talk about that it for a minute, but let's just let's just cue this up with this clip. Hold on one second, because it's so good. Um, I'm gonna be getting home really, really late. So I'm not making it for church unless you guys want to for sure go. I mean, if you're skipping it, there's no reason. <laughs> when Billy and I got divorced, I was most worried about how it would affect my daughters. It doesn't matter that we still have money. It doesn't matter that I'm still showing up to church every week. Suddenly, they're not going to the same birthday parties they were going to. Suddenly, we're not part of the circle of families. So because of all that, my daughters aren't really that into being Mormon anymore. If we keep putting it off, I feel like once we go back, they're going to be like, I'd rather skip another week and just have it be one more week. I'm just scared to go back. They're going to be like, where have you been? Okay. You didn't get the part where they go, judgy. Judgy sinners. So let me just make a comment about that. I mean, oh, boo-hoo, Heather and your children, that you're now being excluded from the group. Oh, so sad. Guess what, guys? Uh, When you grow up in Salt Lake City, Utah, and you're not Mormon, Amber, do you want to know what happens as a child? First off, nobody's allowed to come to your house to play. Want to know why? Because most likely your parents are are naked and drunk in the house having an orgy. (laughs) Or at least that's what's going through their mind, I guess, because that's why no kids can actually come into your house and play after school. Number two, I mentioned this before, but there's a bunch of activities that are taking place on an almost daily basis in the LDS church. So you got, you know, family home evening on Mondays and you've got like, you know, extracurricular activities Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. You've got choir, you've got what all that shit's going on. And guess who doesn't get to go to any of that shit? The non-Mormon kids and apparently Heather's kids now, too. But I mean, yeah, Payback's surprise, payback's a bitch, yeah. people. And maybe you, you should, you know, I shouldn't even say that. They probably, she doesn't know that that's what goes on. But yeah, it is true. And I do feel for those kids and understand why they don't really, I mean, if they're feeling excluded and all that happened was their mother got divorced, then I don't blame them for not wanting to go to church. I think that that was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed that that scene. Yeah. I, and I, by the way, again, that, what makes the show so good is when they bring in stuff like that about the church and how it's so pervasive in the in the culture because it's really true you know was it after that that lisa barlow had the oh, yeah, going, got, yeah the, we didn't talk about that about the marriage well yeah i was going the bowling alley and then yeah. she and john barlow were talking about how marriage is eternity and yeah. she was going on and on but then she said jesus yeah, yeah. Well, let's. I've got that clip because we want to. I want to play that too. I want to. What's so good about this episode to me, Amber? Yeah. You and you and I haven't really talked that much about it. Was that I really did feel like it brought in so much of talking about the you know the Mormon culture and how pervasive it is in well, of course, it's Salt Lake City, but how it it's so much a part of their lives, their, their day to day lives. Their, yeah. And that's what when they do this on this show, that's what I'm hearing from everybody. I mean, I hear listen, that's part of my life. So it's it's all it's a daily part of my own life. 
living in Salt Lake City. But when I talk to other people who I work with who know nothing about Salt Lake or the Mormons, this is what they love. Yeah, this is what makes the 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 episode. This is what makes this Housewives franchise so different is it has the Mormon culture and not a lot of people know about it. Part of that clip that we just listened to with Heather's kids. So Heather was talking to her oldest daughter who has been dating the same kid. She looks like, I don't think she looks like she's more than like 15 or 16 years old, Max. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe not even 16. And she said that she'd been dating him for a couple of years. And she said, you know, the part of what the Mormon quote rule is that your, your daughter's or your kids are not allowed to go to more than one dance in a row with the same person. Is that really true? I don't actually, I didn't think that was true. Now, let me just say this. When I was in junior high and high school, I didn't play a lot. There were definitely Mormons who had boyfriends, my friends who had boyfriends, and they weren't changing up uh, dates. But then when I think about, the, I had a core, I was kind of in the smart, a uh, smart group of Mormons. I wasn't Mormon, but I was in a, the smart Mormon group. Everybody's everybody's nice for the most part. I mean, you were nice in, as you, you weren't in the cool group, were you? Well, no. There's okay. Let me clarify. No, I was. There's a cool group of people who were the partiers, who were the drinkers, who were out. They were the cool people. I was not in that group. I didn't want to be in that group. I wanted to be in the smart group, right? And I was, but they were the not dorks. There were also a dorky smart group that I wasn't in. Okay, I would never. I wasn't smart enough for that group. Like I can't do Dungeons and Dragons. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Dun- so my brother tried to teach me a Dungeons and Dragons. I was so confused. I had no idea. And they honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. Are you ready for this? In this group of Dungeons and Dragons, one of them turned out to be a real life murderer. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. And I'm not even going to, I'm not going to name names, but two of these people, didn't, one was my brother. Did they tell friend. me that they murdered their grandfather? Or yes, something? they bludgeoned them. <gasps> oh yeah, it was, it was horrific. I never understood so, that. So Dungeons and Dragons has a really bad taste in my mouth, and it just is nobody, creepazoid. Nobody invited me. And it's me coming to, back, Nobody invited me to play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway. I guess I wasn't smart enough. But in that group of smart girls um, who were also cool, they definitely did switch up dates for da- dances. I specifically remember that. Okay. I had one particular boyfriend, so I didn't switch up dates. But okay. they were definitely amongst the group switching up dates. So maybe it's true. But what they were talking about was – and she was saying, well, I'm not going to make my daughter, I don't remember her daughter's name, um, do that. I want her to be young and free and carefree. And I was l- honestly thinking to myself, uh, yeah, I'm pregnant. I mean, honestly, this first off, you're not going to prevent kids from having sex. I'm not, I'm not a mother, but I certainly know that. People are going to have sex. But I don't actually think it's a bad idea to say to your 14, 15, 16-year-olds, guess what? I'm not going to allow you to have a steady boyfriend at that age. I don't think that's a bad thing. Maybe I'm, I'm just an old and fuddy-duddy, I guess. Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't really give it a lot of thought. And I'm a – well, I have to say I am – I do not like long-term girlfriend-boyfriends for kids that are in high school because I'm afraid they're not going to go to college where they want and mm. live their life and do all the things. But maybe that's because that's how I viewed things. And so I, I – it's hard. It's an opinion I have. But, yeah, I don't want my – if I was to have a kid in high school, I do not want them to have this long-term – boyfriend already in high school now there's a lot of call high school sweethearts out there that make it so i it's just my own opinion yeah Yeah. i hear you well can we let's just move on to because the other aspect of the lds thing that they brought up in this episode was when lisa barlow was talking about marriage and i wanted to talk about that oh the eternity so they were at the bowling alley for the. i got a clip yeah let me can i play it because it's so good yeah 
I know you don't. Are you not liking me playing the clips? No, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I get it. To me, marriage is sacred. And when you get married in the Mormon church, it's not till death do you part. It's for eternity. Nobody has a perfect marriage, but you pick a partner and you choose to make the best of it. It's normal. Okay, one more clip, one more clip, and then we can talk about both. Yeah, and I want to ask yeah. you about... Married, I think one of the greatest things was that our base was the same. We both had a core love of God, core love of Jesus, and a core love of family and building something together. And then the LDS Church helped build on that because there's such an emphasis on eternal marriage and the eternal family. Like- Jesus. Jesus. Let's just take a big step back on what Lisa was talking about. So in the LDS Church... When you get married, especially when you get married in the temple, as she said, your marriage is eternal. And what that means in their religion is that when you go to the celestial kingdom, which is the highest level of heaven, and does everybody go to the no, everybody does not go to the celestial kingdom. Who I, goes? The really goody two shoes, I guess. Oh, like you, because you were in the smart group. No. Oh, but you weren't Mormon, right? Have to be Mormon. Yeah. Anyway, you get your own planet. Oh, Jesus. So the men get their own planets, their wives, the husbands and wives get their own planets. No, wait. So if you go, anyone who goes to the celestial kingdom, I'm not going to go into the requirements because I'm not quite sure. I know, but does everybody get a planet? Yes. Men if and you're, women alike get their own planet, well, not no. just men. No, the men is a god of their own planet. And they're, let me just clarify this because their wives, plural, are with them on their own planet along with their family. And... I just found out as an adult recently, I didn't realize this before. So plural marriage is outlawed in Utah. They're not prosecuting it anymore, but you're, you can't get married to multiple wives as you used to be able to in Utah, you know, when the Mormons moved there. And, but I just found out that when you go to, when you go to the celestial kingdom and you have your own planet, you also can have multiple wives. And I was completely unaware of it. And I think that when you're dead and you're on your own planet, you can have multiple wives. uh, If you're you're a man. When you're dead. Well, you're in the afterlife, so you're not really dead. Oh, dead from Earth. But I said to my mom, because I was in such shock when I heard this, because I didn't realize this. And I said, and I'm not making fun right now. I'm really, truly in shock. I said to my mom, do your friends who are LDS, she's a close friend who's LDS, is she, does she... Did you ever talk about that? Because she's kind of one of those smart ones who you can tell is not fully comfortable with being LDS. But I said, does she know? Does she think about how her husband is going to have multiple wives up in heaven? What does she say about that? Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, they don't talk about that. They don't talk about it, obviously. <laughs> but that's what Lisa Barlow was saying. She's like, marriage is eternal. But you notice that Lisa Barlow doesn't talk about John Barlow having multiple, multiple wives. wives. On we should ask her about that. And then you just brought it up when we were starting to talk about the section about, I'm not going to actually, I'm, try, I'm really going to try not to identify people. But we know someone who had been married, she's been married to her second husband and has a family. Both her, the husband and wife, they're, they're older people. They've been married for 50 plus years mm-hmm, to each other. Mm-hmm. Before they married each other, they'd been married to other people. And the woman had been, you know, got married when she was like 18 years old in the Salt Lake Temple, a very religious. Her husband ended up being abusive and she divorced him, legally divorced him, not even a year later after the marriage because he was abusive. And it took her 40 plus years for the LDS church to give her what's called a temple divorce. And she wanted that temple divorce because she's LDS. She believes in the eternal life and she believed that she would be married to him 
in the celestial kingdom if she didn't get that temple divorce. And the Jewish religion also has a similar thing when you, it's called a get, you all know it, but where you have to get a religious divorce or you're stuck to this person. And the fact that it took 40 years for the LDS church after this man, they'd been married, like I said, a year, they had no children together. They were married a year and it took the LDS church that long to give her that temple divorce, I think is appalling. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree. But she didn't, at least didn't talk about what she was going to do in the celestial kingdom when other women were circling John Barlow. Yeah, I know. And I will say this, that was in relation to talking about uh, Seth and and Meredith. And again, boo hoo, who cares? Like snooze rama. I I don't really care about Seth and John. Is it John? Yeah. No, Seth uh, and Meredith. Yeah, Seth and Meredith and John and Lisa. John and Lisa. They're kind of all boring. Yeah. Although if Lisa Barlow is going to bring a little of the LDS stuff to the whole picture, then I'm I'm good with that. But that's the only thing she brings to the picture so far. That and then she's apparently Sundance. She is Sundance. We'll find out next episode. Yeah, but I'm just – bring something to the table because they are snooze fest. They're boring me out of the – my mind. And the only ones – it's really four cast members at this point. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so let's talk about Mary. and. Honestly, Amber, heartbreaking end. God, it it was a heartbreaking. And I'm not. We're not being funny right now. No, no, it was heartbreaking. And I'll tell you what. Let's just give we a little. We both agreed on something. When Heather and Mary were having their come to Jesus conversation, no pun intended, about Mary marrying her grandfather and how her grandmother wanted her to do it, and she really basically adored her grandmother and felt like if her grandmother said this, then she really had to do this. Well, yeah. Let me just play that clip because it was so, it was a heartbreaking it, clip. Yeah. And I want to just I want people to hear it. It was a heartbreaking clip. Uh, and I did marry him. I didn't want to. Ever. I didn't want to. That's weird to me. But she wanted it. She really did. And so I made her because she, I trusted every word. If she managed to bring this church this far, then she has to be right. And look at my life. You you think I'm this high fashion? Okay, I just want to, because it was hard to hear her. I played that back a couple of times so I could really hear all of her words because I was, she was crying in the clip and she said, basically, I I wish I had written it all down, but I did marry him, her step-grandfather. I did it because my grandmother told me to do it and I obeyed what she said and it was weird to me to do it and I didn't want to. But Um, then, but then I get Louis Vuitton handbags. That was a bizarre transition. Well, except for I didn't take it that way. Honestly, I didn't. I, I know. I know. I didn't take it that way. It I felt like meaning to be that way, but I did find it odd. I was like, "Come on, really?" Like, uh, well, what was so sad about it was that she didn't want to marry this man. That was the whole thing. She didn't want to marry him. She's in this arranged marriage. She's getting now hammered by this group of people, and quite frankly, the entire country that's watching the show. And she's getting hammered about marrying her step grandfather, and it's weighing on her. Well, what we've what we've been hearing and reading is that this church in Salt Lake is culty. You know, I think we talked about the lawsuit that her mom sued. Mary's mother sued the step grandfather, and the rumor really is that the step grandfather was a predator and decided he wanted to marry Mary. And that this is not, was not her grandmother having some kind of, first off, what is her grandmother, a prophet or something? Oh, here's a revelation. Let me give my step 
or let me give my granddaughter to my husband. I don't actually believe that's what went down. I think the rumor is that he, he's the one who delivered the message. Oh, your grandmother wanted me to marry you. Your grandfather, your grandmother wanted us to run the church, which is why the mother, Mary's mother sued him because she was saying, no, that's not what my mother wanted. My mother wanted me to inherit the estate. And what ended up happening is she went to a, I mentioned this before, she went to a jury trial, won over a million dollars against that step grandfather. But I think that what got me is knowing this backstory and then hearing Mary crying when she was talking about it. It was heartbreaking. hmm. But it also makes me, I, I keep going back to, and I understand that churches don't, they get all these tax breaks. And so I understand that component. I still don't understand how they have so much money. What do you mean don't understand? It's tax-free money. Yeah, it's tax-free money. What, what the par- parishioners are giving them money? Yes. No. Every, what, do you, what don't you understand? I'm wondering about how they have, how Robert Sr. and, and oh, Mary have so specifically, much money. Yes, yeah, Them specifically. Yeah. So my, under, my understanding is that Mary's mother, excuse me, grandmother, who founded these two churches, accumulated a bunch of assets in the 40 plus years, pro- close to 50 years that she was running these churches. Yeah. From, from tithing those, those churches, just like the Mormon church for that matter, Mary's church requires that the members of the church tithe at least 10% yes. of their income yes. to the church. 10% of your tax-free income, do the math people. Yeah. It's a lot of money. If yeah. I gave t- 10% of my t- money to somebody tax-free to them, that's a whole, that's a whole lot of money. Yeah, I know. No. You know, and to yeah. be a member in good standing of these churches, including the LDS church. Now, look, the difference from my perspective is the LDS church does a lot of good for, you know, I mean, look, there's stuff I don't like about the LDS church, but they also do a lot of good for a community. And the rumor about Mary's church is that it's just all about making money for Mary and Robert Sr. and that their parishioners are basically cult members and slaves to them. That's the rumor. That's what we're reading. Yeah, that's the rumor. We have but that do- doesn't mean, but you know what? Can I say this? And then I'll, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I do believe Mary's a victim. I totally do. I believe she was a small child when she started to be victimized. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she were, a, she would have been abused. I'm not surprised about that. I do not, this is not Mary's fault. I don't believe it is. No, I, I totally agree. And I think she has adapted with a lot of these personality traits as well as this anger and defense and all that because of what happened to her. And I think there's just so much more to the story that I think will come out because so. she, because she, because they chose to be on the real housewives of Salt Lake city. So something's going to come out and they kind of asked for it by being on the show. Agreed. All right. Yeah. All right. So until next time we will continue on. I think we'll learn more about probably Seth and Meredith Ugh, and, and Sundance is coming up. I feel like Sundance is coming up and it's like, that's going to, and then I I've just never been to Sundance. More, I've never been to Sundance. I know, so I'd like for, to considering your parents lived in Park City. That's pretty funny. I do think we will get more information on Heather and Whitney. Oh, next time is when they have that big party and Whitney's husband sucks some juice out of her belly button tequila. Yeah. And so that's coming up. So we got a lot of good things coming up. That looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks fantastic. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. Anyway, so that's all we've got for this episode. And tune in for the next uh, episode's review in one week from now. We really appreciate all our listeners. If you want to go to our website, go to SASCast with Sarah Amber. There's no and in there, dot com. And you can find the latest episodes and we'll start um, doing our blogs. And there's a contact form. And that's our dog. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.